the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Um, get ethos. The following program is sponsored by Incorporated. Today on Know the Truth from Philip DeCourcy. Anger is divisive. Wasn't it Golda Meir, the great leader of Israel, who once said you cannot shake hands with a clenched fist? Look, when it comes to angry people, two things are going to happen. Someone who's on the other end of that, they're going to push back and you're going to have violence or trouble, or they're going to step back and put a distance between them and you. There's no denying it, our world is full of angry people. You've probably been on the receiving end of someone's wrath, on the highway, in the grocery line, or at work, or maybe even at home. And maybe you've even lost your cool a few times this week. Well, today on Know the Truth, Philip DeCourcy tells us that anger is a necessary emotion. It's the way we express our anger that can get us into trouble, ruining relationships, and even damaging our health. Philip is continuing an important message titled, Anger Management. If you study the book of Proverbs, you'll see that there is constructive anger and negative anger or destructive anger. Let's just think about that for a moment. Let's talk about helpful anger. You're probably conditioned to think there's no scenario where anger is ever helpful, but that's not true. Ephesians 4.26 would remind us, be angry and sin not. seems clear that you can be angry and not sin in some circumstance. God, in all His holiness, was aroused to anger. Jesus, in all His perfection, was aroused to anger. In Mark 3, 5, we see Him angry with the money changers in the temple. He can't stand God's house becoming a Walmart. Number three, Paul, a righteous follower of Jesus Christ, is agitated, distressed in Acts 17, 16, at the sight of the idolatry that he found in Athens. So there is a time and a place where you can manifest anger appropriately in the face of injustice, in the defamation of holy things. That ought to be a necessary and an appropriate response. You can be angry and sin not when sin is that which makes you angry. So there is helpful anger, but there is hurtful anger, isn't there? We read in Proverbs fourteen twenty nine, he who is impulsive exalts folly. Now, the man that's slow to anger gets to anger at the right time with the right thing. That promotes wisdom. But the impulsive, the person who just lights up over the littlest of things, he just spreads folly. So I'm going to run down a list of things quickly that will help you to kind of be able to tell helpful anger from hurtful anger. Number one, anger becomes sin. Okay, you can be angry and sin not. How can we know we're not? sinning when we're angry. Well, anger becomes sin when it 
rises quickly. I'll just give you one verse for each of these. I'll read them for you, write them down. We have quoted it, Proverbs 4.29. But he who is, notice the word, slow to wrath, has great understanding. Notice the word, he is impulsive, spreads folly. Impulsive anger tends to be wrong anger. Anger that's not thought about, prayed about, reflected upon, considered at the foot of the cross, looked at in the light of God's holiness, that tends to be unrighteous anger. It doesn't have a sufficient cause. It tends to be personal, petty. It tends to lack understanding. It's quick, and it's often over silly things. Here's a good statement. Someone has said that you can measure a man by the size of the thing that makes him angry. If a man gets angry over silly things, then his life isn't properly proportioned. Number two, anger becomes sin when it's out of control. When it's out of control. Let's go to Proverbs 29, verse 11. A fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. You don't need to say everything you want to say. You don't need to vent all your feelings. That's why when secular psychology get into this idea of venting, it wasn't a good thing. It was a bad thing. Because the Bible encourages us to hold back, to control our emotions. Don't vent every feeling that you have. Don't share every thought that crosses your mind. That's a display of the flesh. So anger becomes sin when it rises quickly. Anger becomes sin when it's out of control, when there's venting and pouting. Three, anger is wrong when it's unaccompanied by a spirit of forgiveness. Let's go to Proverbs 19, verse 11. The discretion of a man makes him slow to anger, and his glory is to overlook a transgression. So here we're going to qualify something. Even if your perception's right, and even if a wrong has been done, an injury or an injustice has taken place, do you realize the Bible's still saying, while that in some way could cause a righteous response, you can temper your anger with the thought of grace. Because that's what God does. That's what God does. His holiness is balanced with His grace, and His love is balanced with His mercy. And so even though you may be injured or hurt, here the proverb is encouraging you to be slow to anger and even think about forgiveness. Now, if you get angry all the time, and when you get angry, you have no thought of holding back and showing mercy, be careful. Number four, anger is wrong when it is a dominant feature in someone's life. Proverbs 19, 19, a man of great wrath will suffer punishment. For if you rescue him, you will have to do it again. See, some people are so tied up and twisted up with anger and rage, and they're carrying behind them bags and bags of injuries and injustices. There are people who are just dominated by the thought of victimhood, and our culture's falling into it all the time. And people need to keep getting rescued from their moods and their anger and their rage because that's the way they live. Every day they get up and they're angry with society or some group in society. The Bible said that's folly, and it's not righteous anger, because when anger dominates your life, you're not at a good place. There is a place for anger. 
but it's the right time, right proportion, right issue. And it's always measured by grace. Isn't it interesting just how real the book of Proverbs is? We're not to be ticking bombs, you know, walking down the side street ready to explode because that's our dominant disposition is anger. Number five, anger is wrong when it's an argumentative spirit that drives it. This is the last one. Proverbs 21, verse 19. Ladies, hold on to your seats here for a moment. Better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and angry woman. Now, we know it goes both ways, but certainly it's real, whether it's a wife or a husband. Who wants to live in a house where everything's an issue, where fights start up at just like flash floods and flash fires. We don't want that. People are just argumentative. They have a bent toward that. You know, Proverbs seventeen fourteen. the beginning of strife is like releasing water. Therefore, stop contention before a quarrel starts. You know, once the dam begins to break, there's no holding it back. Once you start that argument, there's no holding back what will come. And many people are like that. They'd start a fight in a graveyard. And the book of Proverbs says, no. And when that's you, and that's like you, you can be sure that your anger is sinful, hurtful, not helpful, not righteous. All right, let's move on. That's the mood of anger. What about the madness of anger? And I've chosen this word madness particularly. Two verses that will underscore it. Proverbs 14, verse 17. A quick-tempered man acts foolishly. That's our word. The man or the woman who doesn't control their anger is a fool. They're nuts. They're mad. They're insane. Pick your word. None of them are good. Proverbs fourteen twenty nine: He who is slow to wrath is great understanding. He who is impulsive exalts folly. Write this down as a thought. The book of Proverbs would teach me that it's mad to get mad. It's mad to get mad at the wrong thing in the wrong way at the wrong time because we make enemies out of our friends. We make it impossible for our enemies to become our friends. We grieve the Holy Spirit and we wound people, our wives, our children, our husbands, our workmates. Nothing good comes off it. And I'll give you several reasons why. Number one, anger is divisive. We're still in the book of Proverbs. One of the words that comes with the word anger in the book of Proverbs is strife. Proverbs 10, verse 12. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sins. Proverbs 15, verse 18. A wrathful man stirs strife, but he who is slow to anger allays contention. Isn't that striking? Anger creates animosity. Anger breeds conflict. It drives people away. Look at Proverbs 22, 24. Make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man do not go. Who wants to hang out with somebody that's losing their brains and are temporarily mad? Look, when it comes to angry people, two things are going to happen. Someone who's on the other end of that, they're going to push back, and you're going to have violence or trouble or you know, emotional combat. You know what I'm talking about. So they're going to push back or they're going to step back and put a distance between them and you. Angry people tend to be lonely people. Have you never noticed that? Or they don't have deep friendships because nobody wants to hang around them. You know, it's like, you know, imagine this sitting in a living room with a, with a ticking bomb sitting on the seat. 
You wouldn't do that. You wouldn't literally sit in a room with a bomb ticking, wondering when it's going to go off. But many of us are forced to do that with people who are just, you know, ready to explode. Anger is divisive. Wasn't it Golda Meir, the great leader of Israel, who once said, you cannot shake hands with a clenched fist? I like actually what Robert Jones points out. Next time you read the story of the prodigal son, don't miss something. You've got the father, you've got the prodigal son, you've got the elder brother. And it's all a wonderful picture of the gospel. The son who goes away, wastes his living, comes back to the father, is forgiven. It's like you and I who have fallen short of God's glory. We have sinned, we have gone away, lived our own life. But when we come back, the father welcomes. It's beautiful. Forgiveness. Reconciliation. But when the prodigal son comes home and the father makes him get a shower and puts some nice new clothes on him and the invitations go out, hey, barbecue Friday night, come on over because my son who was lost is fine. We're going to celebrate this. Read Luke fifteen twenty, and it says of the other brother, and he was angry and would not go in. He sat outside the party in a huff because that's what anger does. It isolates, it divides, it separates. But you don't get on the inside of people's lives. You sit on the outside, criticizing, censoring. Listen to Robert Jones. In his anger, he distanced himself from people. While his brother had previously squandered his wealth, this brother squandered his opportunity to love his repentant brother and make his father happy. Secondly, anger is destructive. It's not only divisive, it's destructive. We're back to this idea of its madness. Let's go to Proverbs 27, verse 4. Write it down. I'll read it for you. This is quite a verse. Wrath is cruel and anger a torrent. If you have an NIV, it might read like this. Wrath is cruel and anger a flood. What a picture that anger is likened to a flood. You know, you know, in certain parts of our country, we see it here sometimes in California, the rain falls, the rivers swell, and before you know it, they're overflowing their banks, places are flooded. And it comes down the hills or through the mountains at speed and washes everything away in its path. That is the picture. Anger is a flood. And when you open the floodgates and you don't control your anger and you don't do what the Bible tells you to do in relation to it, destruction takes place. People are swept aside. Hurt happens. Damage is done. Suffering takes place. It's a terrible picture, and it is there to awaken us to the madness that anger is. And then a footnote to that would be that while your anger is like a torrent or like a flood and it hurts people in front of it, don't forget this. You're also going to be drowned in this flood yourself. It's going to destroy you. Anger does that. It destroys people physically and emotionally and spiritually. Listen to Proverbs 19, verse 19. Speaking of the fact that, you know what, that Anger and bitterness is like acid in a container. It destroys the container. And anger destroys the one who contains it, let alone vents it. Proverbs 19, 19. A man of great wrath will suffer punishment. Now, he might suffer punishment at the hands of others in vengeance or a government in just response, but he'll also be punished at his own hand. He'll destroy himself. Another verse would be Proverbs 14, 29 to 30. 
He who is slow to wrath is great understanding. He who is impulsive exalts folly. A sound heart is life to the body, but envy is a rottenness to the bones. Rottenness to the bones is actually a Hebrew way of talking about cancer, sickness and disease. Envy, by the way, and anger are terrible twins. They usually go together. So the man who is slow to anger promotes health and life. But the man who's given to anger and envy, it's a cancer. It'll destroy him. I like the story, not because of what happened to the man I'm about to tell you about, but because of it illustrates my point. 18th century, British physician John Hunter is a pioneer in the field of surgery. He served as a surgeon to the king of England, George III, but he suffered from angina. He had a heart issue. And what he learned was that his angina was brought about by his temperament. He often gave himself quickly to anger or he could be quickly angered. In fact, he says this. He says this, my life is at the mercy of any scoundrel who chooses to put me in a passion. You know, basically he's saying I could be killed because I get angry pretty quick and the anger brings on the angina and the angina just might make my heart stop and that's it. And you know, he's being prophetic because that's exactly what happened because several months or years later, he's in a heated argument in a board meeting at St. George's Hospital in London and he gets up in a rage and he walks out in a rage and he drops dead in the next room. Angina, heart attack, anger. Anger is divisive and anger is destructive. Finally, under this thought, anger is devilish. Anger is devilish. What I mean by that is that If you and I don't control or conquer our hearts, we are inviting our spiritual enemy, the devil, to impede our spiritual progress. We're really saying to the devil when we get angry, come on, on, in. Let me give you a verse in Proverbs that will take us to Ephesians 4 to prove the point. Great verse, Proverbs 25, 28. People who say the Bible's not practical have never read it, wouldn't you agree? Proverbs 25, 28. Whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. Love these images. Anger is like a flood. And the man who doesn't control his passions and his emotions, and remember, anger is the inflammation of the emotion. The man who doesn't do that is what? He's like a city with its walls broken down. Now, you and I have got to go back to that time. You and I don't live in cities with walls. We live in houses with walls. We've got our own little kingdoms and castles. But that aside, back then, you'd got, you know, pretty flimsy buildings behind walls made of stone or mortar. And when the Bible talks about a city without walls, we're talking about vulnerability. We're talking about the enemy walking all over the people killing the men, raping the women, stealing the children, plundering their possessions. So it's a great image here. If you don't control your spirit, you're inviting the enemy to walk all over you. And that's exactly what we're warned about, aren't we? In Ephesians 4, verse 25 following, be angry and sin not. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath and don't give way or place to the devil. The word there, don't give place to the devil, Guys, this will interest you and girls too. It's a military term. It means beachhead. So read it like that. Be angry and sin not. Don't let the sun go down in your wrath. You know, don't let things fester. You know, deal with things as soon as you can. That's just the best way. Don't let, 
You know, the accounts keep building in terms of the things you have against each other. So don't sin by being unjustly angry. Don't let the sun go down in your wrath. Don't give a beachhead to the devil. A couple of years ago, I preached in, more than a couple of years ago, in Paris. And then on the day off, the missionary who was hosting me kindly took me down the coast to visit the house of John Calvin, where he was born in France one of the great Protestant Reformation leaders. And then later on that day, we drove over to Normandy. I've always been interested in the Second World War. Like many of you, I have never been able to erase the images in the opening part of the Saving Private Ryan movie where you see our troops getting withered down with machine gun fire as they try to create a beachhead in Normandy on D-Day. And I stood there amidst all the crosses, gave thanks for the lives of many of these young men cut down in the floor of their youth to fight Nazism. Real Nazism. And I stood looking over the cliff and tried to imagine the cost of the beachhead they were trying to establish. They needed to get the beachhead. They needed to push the Germans back. Failure here was failure. And that's Paul's word. Don't give the devil a beachhead. Paul, what's the beachhead? I told you, it's anger. The devil loves anger. God dwells in the heart that loves. The devil dwells in the heart that hates. My friend, run from anger because anger invites the devil over the doorstep of your life right into the heart of things and destruction and devastation comes because anger is divisive and it's destructive and it's devilish. Adrian Rogers, the great Southern Baptist preacher, said, when a person has stubborn anger in his heart, he says, devil, come on in. You are welcome. Here is your place. Sit down. That stubborn anger becomes the beachhead from which the devil is going to attack and take more and more ground. Can I put it this way? Not to deal with anger in your life is like going to bed at night with your garage door up and your front door unlocked. And maybe you do that. You're crazy. But we don't. At our house, we don't. No, we don't leave our garage door up. And we close our doors at night. Because we don't want unwelcome intruders. You give yourself to anger, the garage door's up. And the door's open. And the enemy's coming in. You're listening to Philip DeCourcy and a message about the damaging effects of anger. On Know the Truth, we present bold and relevant Bible teaching that gets right to the issues of life. We're pausing our series called Total Grace to bring you a week of timely messages on love and anger. Order a CD copy of today's message titled Anger Management when you visit ktt.org. Online, you can also listen to messages for free. As Philip shared, anger can well up in our souls at a moment's notice. It's a natural reaction to injustice and mistreatment. But we need to seek God to help us respond properly. Anger can be constructive when it's under the control of the Holy Spirit. And we should be aware that much of our anger is aggravated by stress and anxiety. So this month, Philip wants you to have a new book he's written titled, Help, I'm Anxious. It's available for a gift of $25 or more to the ministry of Know the Truth. Now, perhaps you've been thinking about supporting this ministry, but you haven't gotten around to it. Well, today is a great day to give and request the book, Help, I'm Anxious. Just call in your gift of $25 or more to 888-644-8811. 
or go to ktt.org. If you prefer to send a check, write to us at Know the Truth, Post Office Box 30250, Anaheim Hills, California, 92809. Thanks for your generosity. We rely on your gifts, large or small, to keep this broadcast coming to you on the radio and on the web. And if you're new to Know the Truth, then Philip would like to send you a welcome gift. It's a CD message titled, Handling the Pressure. It's more biblical guidance for eliminating harmful stress and anxiety. Request the free message online at ktt.org or call 888-644-8811. I'm Wayne Shepherd signing off for today, but come back tomorrow for more about the grace of giving. That's Wednesday on Know the Truth. Today's program was produced and sponsored by Know the Truth Incorporated. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Dr. Sebastian Gorka is excited to start his own radio show. I'll be more excited to be joining the Salem team. This is the best faculty in talk radio. Dennis Prager, Hugh Hewitt, Larry Elder, Mike Gallagher, Eric Metaxas. Wow, we love it. America First with Dr. Sebastian Gorka. America First with Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Weekday afternoons at 3 on AM 780 WAVA and weeknights at 10 on AM 570 The Answer. You'll always get this straight story from Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Look at ISIS. Who, who talks about ISIS? ISIS was on the front page every day beheading people. But nobody talks about them. Why? Because we have leadership in the White House. We have Donald Trump who is reasserting American leadership in the world. Starting January 1st, it's America First with Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Weekday afternoons at 3 on AM 780 WAVA and weeknights at 10 on AM 570 The Answer. You cannot live wrong. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.